0: Hello, Internet. This is Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott. He's Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you doing? I'm outstanding. I just finished rewatching episode one of season one of The Genius. And for those not familiar with what we're doing, we're going back, back to the beginning. We are doing episode by episode spoiler free recaps, season one of The Genius. Uh, so if you have not yet seen episode one of season one of The Genius, pause this podcast. Go back and listen to our preview podcast of season one if you haven't yet, and uh, watch episode one of the Genius. Uh, come on back, join us, and uh, we'll we'll have some fun. So, yeah,
1: we have just finished rewatching episode one of the Genius, so we are ready to go. Um, and, this, and we promise is... that this podcast will be spoiler free when you listen to it. Uh, I can't promise it'll be spoiler free as we talk through it, but we will edit it out if we screw up. So
0: here no, we go. We're not going to screw up. We'll be perfect. It'll be a festivist miracle. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at who is Scott Green. Uh, Mike is looking up his Twitter handle right now, so he can make sure what it is, so he can tell you. And here we go. I'm going to get it right. It's at Michael Botta. Great. You want to tell him how to spell that? I think that's literally the first time that I've correctly stated Michael well, I opinion. usually, I usually do it for you, and then I point out B O T T A, as in exactly. and the I game, it right. so and it's that, Michael. Yeah, which Michael.
1: for every Michael you know is A E L. Unlike what they wrote on my Starbucks cup this morning. And
0: Botta is B-O-T-T-A. Michael as in Michael Michael Motorcycle. Absolutely. Uh, So, uh, look, if you're listening to us, especially if this is the first episode of The Genius you've ever seen and you're not doing a rewatch, if you're fresh on the show, take a deep breath. You made it. You got through episode one. Congratulations. You got through the subtitles and you were rewarded with the Garnet Heist.
1: Yeah, and the subtitles—you get used to them after a little while. It's like watching any good foreign movie. You've got musical cues, you've got visual cues. I'm sure you got into it by the end, and what an ending it is!
0: Yeah, but like Garnet Heist um, is—you know—coming in cold as a as a fan of Survivor and having seen you know limited Big Brother, having seen uh, all of the American seasons of The Mole. Like, whoa, this is this is something we just don't get in American reality TV. We don't get these flashbacks. The closest we had on Survivor was in guatemala when gary Hogaboom found the the immunity idol in the tree and we didn't see him find it we just saw him play it at tribal council
1: yeah that that was the same thing that i was thinking about but but i've got to say this is the most serendipitous thing to happen in the first episode of a new show that i could ever imagine it's like the perfect
0: way you would want to have a show it's no perfect it's it's just the the idea that that sangman finds the garnet jinho's dumb enough to leave it the jinho becomes a pivotal player in the episode, that sangman is able to use it to give it to the right person to get it back to Jinho, and forcing Jinho to betray his ally to get his own Garnet back, and that Jinho has no idea. It's great, it's
1: really great. Yeah, I, it's like the perfect use of the in-game currency. It's the perfect use of manipulation. Like it passes through so many hands to actually have this impact. I I remember watching that the first time around, just thinking like, "What am I getting myself into? This is awesome. Where is it going to go from here?" Uh, it's the perfect way to start the show and a tremendous use of the very, very well-designed Garnets, which are one of the coolest sort of in-game currencies slash uh, visual design elements that the show has to offer.
0: Now, I can't remember where I got this question. One of the questions I got about this was, why would, why would Sangman give up the Garnet? Is it really worth one Garnet at this point to make sure the player eliminated is Junsak and not Minseo? And something that, um, that you may have noticed on the show today is that each player wears a name tag. Uh, that has that has their, their name on it, um, and then it also has a, a number that's lit up, and that number is the number of Garnets that they, they have at the start of that episode. So that number doesn't change during the episode, but at the next episode's start, they update the number. So um, if Sangmin holds onto to the Garnet, everyone's going to know, especially Jinho is going to know uh, next time they show up to, to do an episode, who got his Garnet.
1: Yeah, so he would have known. I also think that he probably w- couldn't have. Like I think no matter what, the Garnet had to end up back with Jinho before the end of this cycle of play because when they're going through the rules they explain that you can't steal a garnet or take one unless it's given to you
0: that's so- that's not necessarily the case um i i can't remember where i heard this might have been firsthand uh from one of the interviews that we did with with uh, player from the show um uh, that had asked the producers at the time like can i have this and, and the difference between this and like actually stealing it out of someone's pocket is that the garnet was considered abandoned because jinho had left it
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, in in any case, it's definitely true that it would have been obvious immediately at the start of the next episode that he had uh, the one missing Garnet. So getting rid of it in this case probably made a lot of sense.
0: Right. You you really, for for social reasons, you really can't keep it. And what you need to do is to make the best use of it. And in this case, the best use of it in Sangman's mind, and I don't think he's wrong about this, was to try to get rid of one of the two smart outsiders, one of either Jin-ho or Jun-sok. And getting them to turn on each other was just the icing on the cake.
1: Yeah. Bad luck for those guys that they look the same and decided to play together. They just put too big of a target on
0: themselves to yeah, get but, the game started. But good luck for you at home that you don't have to worry about which one's Jun and which one is Jin Ho. Congratulations. Yeah, but- if you only it out only
1: one of them that looks like that now, so you are good to go.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like like a like a little bit racist saying that they look alike until they're like, yeah, we look alike. I want to get rid of the guy who looks like me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. all right, cool. I'm, they I'm
1: okay. it. The show puts it on the screen like the identical twins, You know and Jitsak. <laughs> These guys are the same person. Watch them
0: play together. I, I'm probably still culturally insensitive, but I can at least feel better about myself uh, yeah. when, when the show references it. So, wow, yeah. That, that is just a – what a way to finish.
1: Um, yeah. All right. Should we, should we get into it? We'll take it back from the top and make our way back to the Garnet Heist. Let's go
0: to the top, and let's talk about a couple of show-related things that we didn't get to on our preview that um, uh, that I, I want to talk about. One of the first ones is just the way the show is put together. Uh, one of the things we're not going to be talking about on on our podcasts – is a winner's edit, which is something you talk about with like Survivor, like like uh, which player has the sentimental uh, un- overtones on everything they're doing, and, and which one's getting focused for things that could go to anybody. Um, we're not going to talk about it, not because this season aired a few years ago. We're not going to talk about it because there, there can be no winner's edit on the show, because unlike Survivor, unlike The Mole, unlike The Amazing Race, which are taped ahead of time, and the show finishes taping before the first episode even airs, uh, the Genius is taped as it's airing. So in real time, they're only They've only got a couple episodes in the can when the current episode's airing. So at the time this episode aired, um, they they had maybe taped the first, it, like, three it, episodes it or something. Yeah, they were four ahead when they started airing it. Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, so there's no John Mish, Stephen Fishback winners edit here. So even if it looked like there was—
0: Actually, Stephen, no. Stephen's pretty sure John Mish is going to win this season of The Genius. That's right. But we're going to have
1: to edit that out because no spoilers. John Mish <laughs> does, in fact, win season one of The Genius. Damn it. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. That's why we I, love this show so much. We're big right. John Mish fans
1: oh who isn't who isn't a big john mish fan anyway we'll save that for our john mish fangirl podcast that we do on the side
0: the make a mish foundation oh it's so good all right let's uh (laughs) so so that's something we're that we're not going to talk about we are you know there's you can to the extent of like the the idea of the winners at it like you just have to get a read of of how players fit into the puzzle socially and strategically um probably much like you'd have to do if you were actually on set watching them play
1: yeah, no winners at it, but there is fantastic editing.
0: As oh, whole. goodness, yes.
1: Uh, it's something that you'll see throughout every single episode that we'll cover here, but they're taking what is a relatively straightforward outcome. Like, if you were to view this perfectly chronologically, you know, everyone plays their cards, we end up down to Minso, she decides to save Jinho, and we go to the deathmatch. match. But what they do is they do a fantastic job of chopping it up to preserve the mystery. So you get the story arc throughout the episode of who screws Minseo? It gets bleeped out. You don't know, but you know that it's coming. You get the preview of two hours from now, something is going to happen here. Uh, and then throughout the episode, in terms of actually explaining what is uh, not one of the most complicated games we'll ever see on The Genius, but for a first-time viewer, your first game definitely takes some getting used to and some explaining. And they do a tremendous job of weaving narration with graphics and quotes from the players throughout to actually explain the game and tell you the story of how we get to the
0: outcome. Yeah. So um, it's, it's just excellently uh, expertly put together. It's, it's wonderfully done. uh, And it's just, it's stuff that doesn't, you know, once you've established a format, like for survivor for 31 seasons, you establish this format. It'd be really hard to change the format and go back and have flashbacks and and uh, all of that. So it's, it's great to like, sort of come out of the box with this new novel approach because not every episode necessarily has to have flashbacks. Um, sometimes the, the, the way that the shoot goes, it naturally progresses, where there's like a natural mystery and you don't need it, and, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you do need it, you might even get more of it. But, but just that they're so open to you know, with a new show to trying uh, different ways of, of editing it together is really strong. So with that being said, let's get to the game today because uh we, we met the players in our preview podcast. We already talked about them. They're they're in the, the room together um for the first time. We're we're seeing a little bit about them. We've talked about them all. So um Yeah. I'll throw one thing, there. like
1: the the show tell like introduces the arena through Yunji's eyes, which I thought was interesting. Like you you walk through the yeah, you see the whole crowd. The crowd's waiting for her at the bottom of the staircase. Uh, I love the introductions in this episode, uh, an explanation of sort of the different skills that each player is bringing to the game. It's very like Hunger Games 1-esque. You get some idea of this person is a great social manip- manipulator. This person is going to be great at the death matches because millions of dollars flow through her hand in each episode. I thought that was a fantastic way to give you an idea of the relative skills that people are bringing. And then you really see those skills come to bear
0: throughout the game. Or not. Yeah, some people are just case. terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Some are just doing. bad. Um, so the 1-2-3 game is just a fantastic introduction to the show because um, eventually there will be some games that take uh, a lot more explaining. Uh, but what the 1-2-3 game is simple. You get nine cards. Every player, each of the 13 players, gets three 1s, three 2s, and three 3s. Uh, players agree to play as a, as a one-on-one. Uh, you can play whichever card you want. You can trade cards with anybody. You can give cards to anybody who's willing to accept them. And at the end of the day, you get one point for each win each time you play a higher card than an opponent. You get no points for a tie or a loss. And if you end the game with any cards in your possession, you automatically finish with zero points. That, those are the rules of the one, two, three game. There are, I believe, 117 cards in play, which means at the end of the day, someone's going to be left with with a card.
1: Yep, it's an odd number. So, Scott, it was very nice of you to quote Jimmy Chaw there and note that the game is simple because it's simple, simple, simple. simple uh and in fact we're going to hear that multiple times through the lens of jimmy cha who is one of the first people at least as the show explains to us who puts it together and has some general understanding of roughly how this is going to play out uh but we do get a great lens into the different pairings that are forming and the different you know mini alliances that are coming together with each of their own strategies uh something that's really interesting here is they sort of they dive in you see a big group form around jimmy cha as he's explaining you know, the overarching approach, but there are lots of people who are at very different levels of understanding uh, once the game rules are introduced. They have roughly an hour to figure it out. And by roughly, I mean exactly an hour. They have 60 minutes to figure it out and there's a timer and everything. Uh, and it takes people varying degrees of that entire 60 minutes to have any idea of what's going on.
0: Yeah. Um, Cha pretty quickly figures out the, like the level one thinking of what to do with this game, which is just pair up, find one person, and you can give yourselves uh, each three wins, and you can tie with the other three cards. It, you uh, you you use your twos against their ones, they use their twos against your ones, and you've got your threes, you either play against each other, or go find someone else and hopefully get a couple wins out of the threes, which is uh, is a neat first thought, as we'll soon see. That's not a great thought, uh, leaving yourself with, with three extra cards.
1: Yeah, it, it it's level one. I, I'd say this is episode one, so there's something to be said for just trying to come up with a strategy that will keep you from automatically going to the deathmatch. I totally hear them there, but you know, just as you mentioned, we see different pairings are coming up with different, more advanced strategies. Uh, the most obvious one here is that once Jin Ho and Jun Sak get together, they're thinking through the fact that oh, wait a minute, if we trade cards, you know, across the two of us, we can get one of us to nine, one of us to zero, and that's fine because if nine is the highest score, one of you us will get a token of life. We can just save the other, and then we're both immune. Simple.
0: So, so here are the different schools of thought on, on how two people can play the game uh, because two people can engineer any combination of scores between them anywhere from 0-0 from zero, zero if you tie with every card, which, of course, would be ridiculously stupid, uh, to 9-0 to and, and anywhere in between. So 9-0, uh, the pros and cons. The pro, obviously, 9 is the most you can get just with two people playing their cards. But the downside is if nine's not enough to win the match, the actual winner then gets to choose between the person who has a card remaining at the end and your teammate with zero points as far as who's the actual loser because they both have zero. So in the case that two players tie uh, for the loss, the winner of the game decides which one of them is the, like, de facto loser who goes to the death match. So that's the risk of going 9 and It gives you your best chance of winning, but your best chance of somebody losing.
1: Yeah, you, you got to feel really good about the idea that nine points is going to be enough to win the whole game. And, and as we see, Jinho and Jensak... Uh, they're not confident of that. They're worried that there are other folks who are, uh, as they correctly identify, like if you have a bigger group, you can get to a higher maximum score. And they're worried that some of these other very large groups who are, you know, hiding away in different rooms throughout the very beautifully designed house have come up with a, you know, nine points plus solution. Well, you so, sure
0: could. I mean, so that brings yeah. us to the next two-player uh, configuration, which is to go eight and one, which gives the the winner eight points, which is a lot, could be enough to win. Not as strong as nine, but pretty good. But the loser still gets one point, so the loser can't can't the loser of the twosome, I mean, uh, can't be the loser of the overall game because they'd have at least a higher score than the person who finishes the game with a cart. So eight one is a much safer strategy. You're uh, you're a little less likely that the winner comes out of your twosome, but you're it's a lock that the that the one loser doesn't come out. Now you can still get picked for the death match, of course, if you don't have the token of life. But 8-1 is a, is a much better way to go than nine zero because then, then you're, you're not giving one of the two of you that huge risk of going to the death match. Yeah,
1: especially if you're a pair that's flying relatively well under the radar. Uh, if you don't think that you're likely to get chosen for the death match, if you haven't really upset anybody over the course of the game, you're probably going to fly safe if you go 8-1. Well,
0: then I wouldn't go 8-1 in that case because why draw attention to yourselves? Going 8-1 will draw attention to you once the scores are revealed. If you're really under the radar, I would stick with a 3-3 or a 4-4 strategy. Um, 3-3, like we talked about, you go your twos against their ones, their twos against your ones, and then you tie with your threes. Or you go 4-4 as, as Jung Moon and Chang Yap discovered, which is uh, uh, my threes against uh, one of your twos and two of your ones, one of my twos against one of your ones, and then you, play this, you do the same to me, and then we tie with one of our twos or yeah. whatever.
1: And and I'd say one of the things that's interesting about this first episode is that uh, there really are different potential solutions coming out to bear. As the season progresses and people are playing more collaboratively or, you know, with alliances, you might say, uh, there are fewer sort of options on the table because people align relatively quickly on what they're going to do as a group. Uh, So this is one of those games where there aren't really, you know, gigantic alliances quite yet. Pairs are still kind of doing their own thing. And you get to see very different approaches, a range of different approaches to how to play this one particular game.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, I'm surprised no one discovered that if you go 4-4, uh, you could actually go 5-4 with nothing lost. Uh, every, every two players have 18 cards, and between those 18 cards, you can engineer nine wins and nine losses. So it's just a question, really, of to whom you assign those wins and losses. There's no need to have a tie Um, The the case for having a tie-in with like 4-4 or 3-3 is, again, just to not draw any extra attention to yourselves when the scores are revealed. But I think the strongest option for two players, um, if you want someone to have a chance of winning, is to go 6-3, which draws no attention to the person with the three points. Uh, And in this case, the six points would have been enough, at least for a share of the win. Yep. And six
1: points. Yeah. Just like you said, is in fact what ends up as the winning score. It's not necessarily a paired approach in this case. It's part of the, the mini Alliance that forms sort of the,
0: the, the chain. I mean, you just yeah. you need a six person Alliance in this game. If you're only giving someone six points.
1: Yeah, it would, it's, it's still surprising. So in retrospect now, having seen, you know, the full run of the show, this is a relatively simple outcome for this game to use that word again. Um, But six points is enough to do it. It it could have been many, many more. And I'd imagine that, you know, if you played this game again in season four or season five or six or seven, uh, it would certainly take a much higher score to actually get the win. But for now, six points gets it done.
0: That might be true. But I think you'd also have a harder time finding people willing to have fewer than four wins to, again, draw attention to themselves as being part of a plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's
1: always that tension. And you don't see it so much here, but a few people are thinking about it which is like, how much do I want to put myself out there? Is it worth winning a game? I just really want to cover myself and make sure that whoever the death match candidate is, isn't thinking about picking me to bring with them.
0: Very important. I mean, the, the number one rule of surviving on a genius is don't go to the death match. If you go to the death match, you can get eliminated. If you're not in the death match, congratulations, you have to find an outfit for next week's show you're coming yep. back.
1: yeah, so don't lose and don't get the person who did lose upset with you
0: yeah don't just the the whole point of the main match it's not to win. The point of the main match is to not go to the death match. That is what you're trying to do. I'll say it again. the point of the main match is to not go to the death match. there you go. yep that's it That's so, just science <laughs> So in real time, uh, Jimmy chaw quickly figures out something and figures out that you can go three three and three. And then you have three extra cards that are all threes. Should we call this the three-three-three-three plan? Um, let's go with it. Let's do it. The three-three-three-three plan, which is, again, kind of level one thinking, but he's a level ahead of most of the people he's lecturing in this room. Who, uh, I guess, uh, my understanding is they didn't. These people didn't quite know what they were getting into when they started playing. When they signed up for the genius. So yeah, I think they were expecting just a, a typical
1: you know
0: variety show with some games to it because, and I'm sure they knew there were going to be eliminations because that's something you don't yeah. you don't drop on these celebrities at like the last minute after they've cleared their schedule for 12 weeks. Sure, and I, and I don't blame them. This is brand new. The genius
1: doesn't exist before this moment, so this game is pretty confusing for someone who has no idea what they're walking into.
0: Right. Uh, now, 60 minutes is a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah, and so, they get there.
1: Like ultimately, most of them get there. Most of.
0: Them uh, get. It, it,
1: sung Yu does he get there? Unclear. Unclear what's happening with sung Yu here. Does he get it? Is he playing dumb? Uh, is he somewhere in between? He's All I know is it, it's fun to watch him uh, essentially talk with everybody. We get a lot of sung uh confessional time as he's telling us what he thinks of everybody else. Uh, there's that moment where we see that you know Sangman is thinking about this purely as a game of alliances, uh, which makes sense from his perspective. He's looking to you know build a team and move forward. And Sungyu's like, huh, that's Sangmin. He's a little reckless, this guy. I don't know what yeah. I think about him.
0: Sangmin so, Sunbei. Yeah. And And then absolutely... we have the Sun-bei chain because Sangmin is Sungyu's Sunbei. Yep. Gura's like, hey, I'm Sangmin Sunbei. So uh, <laughs> I guess Gura and, is. Sun-yoo's yeah, so that's exactly.
1: I wrote the same thing in my notes. We have the Sungbei chain going Gura yeah. to Sangmin, Sangmin to Sungyu. And then Pung is just kind of there because he has a huge man crush on Sangmin Pung
0: and is, he was Pung in Guru's fan club his and we're not we're not quite sure what he's hiding but uh. yeah definitely but we
1: just know he's he's in Guru's fan club he's clearly got a big man crush on Sangmin so he is riding with those guys regardless he's sticking mm-hmm. out with them they managed to pull Sung-Yu in because of the Sun Bay chain and off they go
0: poor Pung nobody's sitting there like oh that's the guy who draws that web comic <laughs> <I never miss." laughs>
1: I've got such a man crush on him I read his internet page
0: <laughs> uh, so the, a weird thing happens though which is that everybody seems to want to work with Sung Yu. He's, he's Mr. Popular Kyung talks to him uh, Sung Yu doesn't quite get it then Jin Ho explains to Sung Yu what's going on Sung says well I don't really trust Jin Ho then Sang approaches Sung and he says hey I'm, I'm your son like let's work together and then uh, we see Minseo talking to Sung Yu Sung is like is, he's, the, he's the captain of the football team he's a big man on campus which, yeah, I, I'm I curious think if that's just because he doesn't know what's going on or if it's because he is Justin Krieber.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it seemed like everyone saw him as just, like, a nice additional number to add to the team. Uh, someone they could take under their wing, build a relationship with, because he was – whether he knew what he was doing or not, he plays it off very effectively of just, yes, yeah, sure, uh, Tell him, explain. Well, explain what's going on. He has a, to he has be a taken under wings.
0: of – He has a great ability to see what other people see in him. Like, he, he knows – even if he doesn't always know exactly how to take advantage of it, he, he can see himself through your eyes. So he knows, okay, this person's going to use me for this. This person thinks I'm going to be doing this. This person he, – he has, he has just these great instincts about that.
1: Yeah, and, and through this one episode, it really stands out for him. He does a great job of, of positioning himself
0: well with everybody. Yeah, he knows what people are going to, to want him for, and he, he puts it together um, and gets himself a win. He's the one guy no one thought understood the rules, and he winds up winning the game.
1: Yeah, they, they, there's that moment where they announce or where it starts to leak out who has the most points, and there's just shock in the room. Just, huh? Yeah, what? Him? <laughs> Don't
0: you? <laughs> is, is he funny or something? Him? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so we, we see some other alliances forming. Of course, we see, we see Guru, Pung and Sangman, which seems like folly to have a three-person alliance in this game. Um, I'm still not sure that that's not the case, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about why they made this more complicated than it needed to be. Um, but, hey, there's a three-person alliance. You've got UNG working with URM. You've got sung Yu working with Min we think, we're told. Yeah. Um, so we're ready to, to start the game. And uh, the, we have 90 minutes for the players to use their cards. Gura and Poong begin playing. What? Oh, I guess I'll play this card. Oh, my goodness. You beat me. Oh, I will, I will play this card. Yeah. I oh, I can't believe you. it. I'm what definitely
1: a- trying by putting these ones out three times in a row. I'm definitely expecting to win with a card where it's impossible to win. <laughs> Grrr. Anger. Uh, like Grrr. Th- uh, yeah, yeah they even put out there, they're pretty clear about being like, yeah, no one is buying this. This is embarrassing acting. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess from a webcomic writer, you wouldn't expect much. But, like, <laughs> come on, Gura. How long you been on TV, you can give us a better act than this yeah,
1: it's not working for him,
0: <laughs> so uh, we see Chang Yap and and Jung Moon discovering that they can go four and four. They can each take four wins, and this is when Jin Ho and Jin begin discussing their nine and o plan, which it turns out they should have done, but really, I think they should have done the eight and one plan
1: um, yeah and and we got a question about this uh, before recording, and I think the answer is just that truly they thought that it wouldn't be good enough. It's true that had they carried it out or had they carried out the eight and one plan, it would have been more than enough to win in this particular instance, but clearly they just figured, you know, someone's going to come up with something better or someone is going to just build a big enough group to do something way more than nine points as the, the winning tally.
0: Yeah. That tweet came from uh, James Ong at D M a D V who it looks like is this is only tweet that he's ever sent. Is that possible? Hey, yeah. We appreciate tweet? it. Great. That's- that's, that's the best use
1: of Twitter. It's we're, asking we're, questions
0: about the genius. We're Let's glad we're your entire world, James. That yep. means a lot to us. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 1-2-3 game. Why did Jin Ho and Jin not go through with a 9-1 strategy? Um, it, yeah, it's only dual safety if Jin Ho wins, which, again, he would have in this case. But the risk you take is that if he doesn't win, then Jin can get picked for the death match. So the, what, I don't think they even figured it out. They should have gone with the 8-1 strategy. And actually, as they wound up, as the game unfolded, Something that I hadn't noticed watching this episode previously was that they tied with their threes at the end. The, the threes that Jinho had been carrying around and trying to win with, and, and he kept getting draws out of them. Um, that they should have like folded those back into the other cards and figured out how to get Jinho an extra win or two extra wins. I didn't. I wasn't exactly sure how many threes he had left. I think maybe he had two of the threes left. So that's an extra one win for him. Uh, he could have had. He could have gone six and one, and then. Uh, Minseo could have made Jinho the out and out winner, and then she could have taken sung Sungyu to the death match. Yeah, so, so they it's were like a little sloppy, and I've I've not heard that discussed before. I, I don't know if that's something people missed. Um, I had certainly missed it before. But if they had thought about that, if they'd taken an extra minute to figure that out, the other thing that they could have done, which I also haven't thought of before, but is like, and again, like we're expecting these people to figure this out in 60 minutes when you and I, at this point, have had months. To think about it, I mean theoretically, I haven't been thinking about it for months.
1: No, but, I have been thinking about it purely for the last uh, about six and a half
0: months. That's so. embarrassing that I, I came up with it, and uh, I'm running on like no sleep and with two. No, no, I've
1: up. got, I've got a, a simple, foolproof strategy that I'm saving for the genius UK when we are both eventually <laughs> cast on that. I'm gonna blow you away.
0: <laughs> That's, I'll welcome it. I don't know if I can handle flying out to England every That's Wednesday. Right. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> um, which is that why not just wait around in the game room and see what's happening. See, you know, hold on to your cards the, just the, that just that two person Alliance. And once it becomes apparent that no one's getting more than five or six wins, then you can do your nine and O plan or your eight and one plan. You know, if you see that there's a group that's coming in and someone keeps getting wins, then you can, you can table that plan. But in the meantime, Every every match is in the open. Like there's no secret as to who's winning each match. So you can watch it. All the players have access to notepads. They can record what's happening. Why not watch that and wait till the end and then play your cards? There's no yeah. reason to play your cards in the first two minutes. You can wait till there's two minutes left and then do it.
1: Yeah. If we were coaching them, I think we would say definitely spend less time in the private rooms and more time out in the the main game room. So you have some idea of what's happening.
0: And the other reason is just to be more social. It's it's such a social game as you saw with the with the death match this week. That you know really the question is. Can you get along well enough with everybody else that they're not, especially in the case of Jinho and Jinsock, who are both seen as smart and capable and, and big threats in the game, can you make them like you enough that they're not trying to get rid of you just because they think you're smart? This, this time the answer was no, but that's certainly something Jinho's going to have to be aware of moving forward because yeah. he's, he's, he's got the mark on him right now. When it comes to
1: social play in the, in the group, in those group dynamics, Jinsock pretty much did everything wrong. He was either isolating himself or he was trying to barge into other people's discussions in a very abrasive way and and not leave, uh, none of which set himself off on the right foot to make a good relationship with people yeah by the end of the of the episode, he pretty much has only made a good relationship with one person. there are you know eleven other people there you've got to start working on, and he never gets to that point
0: right that's exactly right so um Moving along, as as Ho and Jin leave the room where they're discussing the 9 0 plan, Sangman comes in to say hello and to steal Jinho's garnet. Well, not steal, take, take Jin Ho's abandoned garnet. Yeah,
1: to identify and claim the abandoned
0: garnet of of Ho. I don't want to get sued for defamation by, by Sangman. And he knows the legal system, so he could. <laughs> we... Not ours.
1: <laughs> uh, he, I love that he. The that's sort of his thing that's, that's noted as his secret power at the beginning when they're introducing all the characters. Sangman is like, Sangman knows his way around the legal system. So he's Sangman makes to,
0: good toilet wine. <laughs>
1: he's good to high-pressure environments, like prison. Yeah. He,
0: uh, did he spend time in prison?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Just in courts.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a financial thing. It's not. Yeah, a, and evidently
1: it's it's not just him. So there's that moment where they explain that the other member of his group, which is something I missed the first time around.
0: I, I didn't so. noticed that either. I think yeah. that uh, they updated the subtitle, but I think that's one of the things that must have been added. Oh, uh,
1: that's right. Yeah. So from the time that we first watched this to now, uh, Bum the great spoiler god of the American and English language genius watchers, is like recaptioned some stuff. So now they call out that the the main star of Sangmin's uh, pop group, evidently got arrested or at least got in some trouble for gambling. Yeah. They were like, oh, Sangman, you must be the one who taught that guy because he's so good around a casino. Because he's Uh, so good at holding nine cards in one hand, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, literally, it's like just his hand shuffle. They're like, my God, your hand shuffling technique is incredible. So good.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, very, very impressive by Sangman. So uh, one, one thing I can't figure out, and maybe you can help me with this, is why every single group seemed to think it was a great plan to play their ones and twos against each other, and then hold on to their threes uh, to play against outside groups. What, who th- who thought they were going to find a random unattached person who is going to play an even number of low cards with them?
1: Did just everyone assume that sung Yu was going to be that idiot? They were all like, oh, perfect. sung Yu has no idea what's going on. We'll go up to him at the end of the game. That big dummy will have played all of his threes by then. No problem. We're cleaning house. Uh, I, I think everyone assumed that there was a greater fool. It's like the stock market. They, they all assumed, like, all right, so either, either it's Sungyu or some other moron is just going to get nailed at the end of the game, and I'm going to have all my threes to clean house. Uh, and it turned out no one, nobody was that stupid, which you would hope is the case on a show that is literally called The Genius.
0: Yeah, uh, that is true. Um, no, no one is able to Martin Shkreli their way to the. Well, no, that gets done. You wind up in jail anyway. And that doesn't work. That's right. That's right
1: no one here bought the one uh, rura album that is for sale to just one person for a million dollars that did not happen
0: well i know a number of our listeners uh uh probably probably interested in having that rura album to complete their genius uh item collection <laughs> along with the with the sungyu uh, socks that i think we found on amazon right wasn't that one of the things that we found that's right
1: in, on amazon and in 99 cent stores near you if you live in korea uh you can get your sungyu infinite socks um but yeah, if if ra did put out one more album and auctioned it, it would either be South Korean Rurah fans or random English language
0: genius fans. Is the one yeah. item to complete my collection. That's right. Complete anyone's collection.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if yeah. If if they've got all if they've got the uh the guy who went to jail for illegal gambling on the cover, then that sounds like a collector's item. <laughs>
0: uh we got to pull our money together mike uh all right so so the we find out eventually that that minseo has been betrayed um and we find out she was betrayed uh not just by one person like he kind of gets pinned on on Heung ran a little bit for for putting the the idea in Yu's head really by this six person alliance that had no qualms about going after her I, I wasn't sure but again though i i don't know what the real hang up was here because Here's what happened. Here's what I saw. And you, you tell me if I'm wrong about this is that we see Sung Yu play his threes against Min Sao. So he gets three wins against her and then he declares he's done. He's not playing her again. Right. She goes, what? The, all this means is that Sung Yu now has six cards left, right? And his alliance, which is five other people have a combined 45 cards among them between the six of them. There's still an odd number of cards. So I'm not sure where exactly they got back to, to even here. And I'm not sure where Minseo, who at this point has six cards, where she got back to odd.
1: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. I think that might be one of the things they left out over the course of the episode. Just at some point, did she play five other hands? She must have.
0: Well, I don't three, think three seen... other hands because she had three cards at the end. She had a three and two twos. Right, right, right. So at, at what point is she
1: playing these other hands? They don't really get shown. Uh, one thing that probably would have helped that, you know, I, I'd imagine this is like a season four game is that they would have given you, like, a counter of each player and how many cards they had left that you could have seen, you know, over the course of the game. You know, who played with who? How did their cards disappear? We don't really get that. But, yeah, at some point, she gets herself down to the point where she is the odd-numbered
0: uh, woman out. Maybe it's just a thing where everybody had three cards they planned to, like, you know, they, everyone was going to use their threes to to go get some ties or something. I, don't, I mean, I, the alliance also seemed bigger than it was because... It really seemed like we had, by the end of the episode, there was Jinho and Junsock off by themselves. Yep. There was Minseo, who had been abandoned. And everyone else seemed to be at least somewhat in cahoots.
1: Yeah, they, you get to the point where the show has set this up as groups of two. But you're right that there's a lot of side channel communication happening. Uh, folks are roughly in agreement that they won't screw each other over and end up with the one remaining card. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty broadly across everyone but Minso and a couple other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I th- that's something that I'm still not 100%. I mean, I think just like generally like the even if we don't know the mechanics of it, the reason that this was a problem for Minseo was that Sungyu pulled out because kyung Ran had told him to pull out and, and that that alliance um, was in charge of that move. Yeah. Which, so... which is great. You could be in charge of both screwing over Minseo and you could be in charge of like pointing to the other alliance and saying that's the guys those are the guys over there that we should be trying to get out in the death match. So it's really just a lot of destruction from the from the Gura Cha side of things.
1: Yeah, they they come out looking great by the end of this episode. Even though, like, if you think about it, just in terms of pure uh, gameplay, I don't think that they had the optimal approach here. But by the end of the episode, they have played it really, really well.
0: Their social play is strong, and that's that's a group that if they're able to stay together, will do well. Now, something about uh, something that's important to note about the show. This is a, this is a game, the one, two, three game, where you can make teams whatever you want. And you can play it however you want, but there will be some games where you have to draw to be on this team or that team, or you're going to have you're, you're going to be this type of player, that type of player in a game. There might be like two different two different uh, roles you can play in a game, and so uh, to to a large extent, you're, there will be games where you're not able to just play with your alliance because they're your friends. You're going to be forced in a group you have to work with so you can't just it's not like like on survivor where you can have one dominant alliance that just picks everybody off until it's down to just them it doesn't work like that in the genius because you might be in a situation where like you have to work with your allies or with with people who aren't your allies so that you can avoid losing yourself yeah and that's something they
1: don't even really know yet but uh, as this progresses they're going to get sorted against their will into groups that they can't control right so yeah uh, Another reason why it's going to be really important to have, at minimum, good relationships with everybody, and hopefully great relationships with as many people as you can.
0: That's right. Yep. uh, You you want to be on everyone's good side, but not to the point where that makes you a threat either. Yeah. Yeah, and you
1: can see, so if Junsuk hadn't gone out here, he would have been in trouble because he couldn't really build good relationships with anybody. So uh, he he goes, he's one of the smartest players, but clearly, social game-wise, struggling.
0: Yeah. So... Um, we finish the game. At the very last minute, uh, Minseo leaves Jin-ho holding a card.
1: <laughs> Oops. Th- that was another weird one. Like, would that have stuck? I, I guess
0: yes. it would have. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jinho accepted the card. You can't, yeah. like, flip a card in someone's pocket when they don't want it, but if you hand it to someone and they accept it, yeah, it's their card.
1: Yeah, so that was an interesting <laughs> choice. It-, it never really is clear to me why, at that point in the game, she decides that it's better to save Jinho than anybody else, but Especially when there's pressure from a bigger group of people saying, uh, "Stick him with it. Stick him with it. We want him to lose." And yeah. It wasn't quite clear why she sticks with him. It
0: doesn't. Like ostensibly, she's like she she kind of gets it that she's doing it so that Sung-Yu can't be the sole winner, so he can't give immunity to whoever had betrayed Minseo. Like so, yeah. in this case, Kyungran. So he can't give the other token of life to Kyungran, and that way Kyungran's not safe. And that way Minseo can play in the death match against Kyungran and hopefully eliminate Kyung-Ran. But even when Kujan is, avail- is available to be picked for the death match, Minseo still doesn't pick her. So what's yeah, the point? Exactly. That, that's why I don't really get it. Why make that choice at all? It Doesn't make sense. I mean, in the end, it winds up helping her a little bit because in helping Jinho, he lets her win. Like maybe that factored into why he was even amenable to taking her Garnet, or who knows. But it, it, in the moment she made that decision, it does not make a lot of sense. It doesn't make. Let me amend that. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, it, maybe it could if, like, they knew what the deathmatch game was and they were going to plan ahead to set it up so that Jinho makes the decision, but they didn't. They had no idea what the deathmatch game would be, and they didn't know they'd be able to rig it to all come down to Jinho's choice.
0: Okay, so what about this? You're, you're Minseo. Minseo's not Minceo because that does not go well. Let's say you're Minceo. Okay. And you're at the end. You've got these three cards.
1: Yep, I just finished a busy day of auctioneering. I'm down to three cards.
0: Well, I don't think she was auctioneering that day.
1: I think you don't know. Was pretty early. Maybe she was. Maybe she started her morning with like just a quick <laughs> a dip in the auctioneering pool. She got a couple, couple million dollars in <laughs> her hands. Then she showed up at the the at the TVN studios. That <laughs> busy. She's done auctioneering for the day, but now she's all in. She's got three cards. Uh, she was. She's planning after this. She's going to an underground casino with the members of RURAH. To play illegal casino
0: games, At, during breaks of taping, she's on her cell phone, like on eBay, trying to crash the site.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but so so now here
0: she is. She's
1: down to three cards. Well, no, What's but happening?
0: It's not her. It's you. You're okay, me. it's me.
1: I've just done all those things. Here we go. This is yeah. quantum now. This is now the show Quantum Leap, which is a you just, great. We just early finished auctioning
0: a Picasso to Cards Against Humanity for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
1: Exactly. I have now quantum leapt into her body, and I'm taking her place. Shout out to Kaskuszkowski. Kost who will appreciate that. And here we go.
0: Oh yeah, should we do like Cos references every fifteen seconds on the podcast?
1: <laughs> Everything is just a reference <laughs> to something Cos has done in his life.
0: Um For those those who don't know, Cos uh, did a, a podcast. Uh, on Rob has a podcast with uh where he he made like little secret genius references every five to ten seconds, which was it was pretty amazing. And That's I don't great. I don't think Rob picked up on very much of it at all.
1: Yeah, and, and you won't get it until you've watched a bigger chunk of the show than just the first episode. But at some point you will.
0: Okay, so great. so you, Michael Bata, are Minceo. Yep. Um cut your bangs. Yep. And you have a you have a choice here. You you have your three cards left. Um Jin is, is game for the strategy. And there's just a little bit of time left. You go to Sung Yu, instead of instead of playing the hand with Jinho, you go to Sung you say look, you betrayed me I know you probably feel bad about it. You can redeem yourself. I want you to make me safe for the death match, and then you you can either just hold on to your cards and force a, a tie in last place with Jinho and you, who will both have cards and both have zero, and and you can let Sung Yu give you the token of life and make Jinho the loser. Yep. Or you could even play one last. You give your other card to somebody else and play the last game if you want. Um, you know, of course, you're the you're the bad guy who betrayed Jinho, who really who really screwed him over hard by handing him a card and letting him lose the game. But if he loses the death match, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, it's water under the bridge at that point. What? Why is? The, tell me why this is a bad strategy.
1: I don't think it is. I take those odds. I take the odds that with Jinho in the death match for the first game, that enough people see him as a threat and sort of an, an outcast that they're going to try to take him out in the death match. I don't know what the game is, but I know that it's probably going to have something to do with social dynamics, and I will have gotten myself in good with somebody who has broadly good relationships with a lot of different people.
0: It's the first rule of the genius. Don't go to the death match. Don't yep. go to the death match. She could have not gone to the death match. Again, you, you need Sung Yu to agree and he's already betrayed you. So maybe you're not hundred percent in on trusting him. Even if he says he'll do it, but don't go to the death match. Take your chance at not going to the death match. What's the worst that happens? The plan backfires sung. You makes you the loser of the match. And you go to the death match. You're going to the death match. Anyway, yeah, I, I would take that bet every time. It's worth it. And it's it's the first uh, episode. It's the first cycle. So you'll have lots of time to get everybody to forget that you did this or to let other people do worse things in, in future episodes trying to save their own bacon. So you, you got to do it. I mean, again, I, I just I don't think she's that good at the game. And we'll get to our power rankings in a minute. But I, I feel like there's a spot for her very low down on the power rankings for being very bad at the genius. So uh, we get to our death match. It's time um, Minseo has to pick someone. She can't pick Sung Yoo. She can't pick Jun Ho. She can pick anyone else. She can pick Kyung Ran, who she thinks uh, betrayed her. She can pick anyone in that alliance. Or she can pick Jun for some reason. Yeah, I I actually
1: think picking Jun ends up being a good choice because she decides she needs to uh, build back her relationships with a relatively powerful group
0: of people. So she... Here, here's why... Here's why I'm not super concerned about that if I'm in say at this point. Yeah. Um, first, if you go along with what they want to do, you're still not in that group socially, and they're just going to keep thinking they can use you for whatever in the future. And second of all, if you assert yourself and you go up against one of them uh, from that big alliance, then they'll be a little more cautious dealing with you in the future. If you, you know, if, presumably you can survive it. And third... You don't really know, like, at this point, we don't know what the game is yet. So she doesn't know that it's purely a social game. But for all she knows, it could be a highly strategic deathmatch, of which there are a, a great deal. There will eventually be some deathmatches that do not have any social uh, value. The, the, the yeah. Minimal val- rock, paper, scissors in, in future death matches. Minimal. Right. Well, we, we may see this one again, but, but some will be more social. Some will be purely social, like this one was. Some will be purely strategic. Um, so if it's a purely strategic one, I- I'd rather go up against, uh, I don't know. Almost anyone else. Probably almost, yeah, pretty much just not Jun sock of that group. Like I don't want to go up against Jun sock. I don't want to go up against Jimmy cha. I guess he's someone I'm like, not looking to pick for a death match. Yeah. But uh, it, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. She pick with,
1: she's She goes in with the assumption and she is luckily correct that she's going to be able to get help in this right. this death match from the crowd. Uh, had it not been a game where she's able to get help, she would have been in a lot of trouble. Yes, but she's able to get help. Uh, so, from that perspective, if, if that's the assumption she's going in with, I get it. I get it from that sense.
0: Yeah. But, like, again, like, like, Jun Sok is one of the three. And again, you can't pick Jin Ho because he's safe. But Jin Ho and and Cha and Jun Sok are probably the three people. Like, you just don't want to play in a strategic game. So, right. I think that's a big risk. So, again, I'm not saying she necessarily did it wrong. She's, she, I guess, she's banking on, if she's thinking of anything, which probably the answer is she's not. She, but she, She's banking on it being a social death match, and it turns out she she gets the the benefit of that one, but not really because that giant alliance still is not still isn't helping her right like if you're helping me, but you're also helping my opponent, then you're not helping either of us that's
1: true i I was thinking of it from the perspective of like if this is you know something like Big brother, it's nice to have people think that they can use you It's good to set yourself up as like the non threat who, you know, will be around and I, I can work with them. They like me. Like, there's that quote at the very end of this episode where they say the key to becoming an ultimate victor is not to bear your fangs until the end. You know, if you have a lot of people thinking they can use you, well, that's a pretty good way to roll under the radar for a while.
0: Yeah, although in this case, it winds up getting her to the death match. So there's there's a limit to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so she picks Jun Sok. And we find out what the game is. It's, it's the winning streak game. The, you're going to play against all 11 non-deathmatch players in Rock, Paper, Scissors. And whoever has the most consecutive wins, that number of consecutive wins is their score. And the higher score wins the death match. Yeah. Lower the score, goodbye.
1: And so the, for most of the folks listening right now, this is their, your first time seeing a genius deathmatch, I would say. Uh, there is some variety in genius deathmatches. There are games that will get repeated uh, over the course of one given season. But in general... Uh, there are some consistencies, which is that most, most death matches on The Genius take a game that the audience knows pretty well, and then they modify it in such a way as to make it some kind of strategic or heavily social game in a way that it wasn't before. Uh, some games are just things that are the same as they've always been, but the majority have some aspects of a game that look familiar mixed with aspects of a game that don't really look familiar at all. Uh, I would say this is an example where clearly they've taken rock, paper, scissors, which is going to look very familiar. And we will see return in different forms throughout the course of the entirety of this show. Um, but they have a twist with it that makes it very much a social and alliance building game where you can do things like trade garnets. You can do things like build your alliance. Uh, I'd say this is not one of the most successful death matches we're going to see over the course of the show, but it does do a good job of setting the tone for roughly what you can expect out of a, a death match in this show.
0: Yeah, when he and Terry and I went back and looked at all the death matches in the history of The Genius, this was a contender for last place. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was last place, but it was, it was in the bottom three, I think.
1: Yeah. I, one thing that's good about it is it does give us a lot of the use of the show's theme song. So there's a lot of uh, melody that gets played throughout the, the course of it. Uh,
0: I like oh, yeah, that I song. have that in my notes here. Yeah, if you're looking for The Genius' music, uh, most of it, or a lot of what you're hearing, the theme song and some of the other music throughout the episode is from Idiotape. Idiotape um and the album. Oh, let's find the album. It's like it's all binary. It's like one zero one zero one zero. Yeah, one, yeah, zero, yeah. One. that's right. It, yeah, one 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 zero one. I, I may be reading the number of ones wrong, but yeah, yeah, that's the album. Um It's the, which, which
1: the, if you punch into a calculator and hold upside down, says boobs.
0: <laughs> it says I <"I-O-I."> Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you're listening your yeah. to this music, yeah, to will do it over and over again. I finally got him off it. And now he likes uh, the Monty Python traffic light song. <laughs> well, yeah, do you I, know that we, song?
1: I, I probably do off the top of my head. I'm not sure which one it is.
0: Well, if you, if you happen to listen to it, you'll understand why we are not thrilled that he wants to hear the song over and over again. It's not inappropriate. No, it's, it's just as it. not. It's all right.
1: I'll yeah. check it out. I'll check it out. I would say for folks, uh, the music of the show is going to play an even bigger role as we go. Uh, you can find Ian Terry has a genius playlist on YouTube. I have one on Spotify if you're curious, but there are a lot of great songs that you're going to hear as recurring themes on the genius. It's
0: overhears. not a show spoiler, but I, I think it's more fun to be surprised by the music. So yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd advise not checking that out yet. And, uh, you know, if, if you're dying to hear the music, it's not, you're not going to find out who wins the season by what the song choice. Twi- it's not like they're going to play like, uh, like Gura's song or like Jin Ho's song or the, the Sangmin song or the Qumran song or whatever. Like it's going to be, it's going to, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's just music. But, it, like, it's more fun to have the music come in, I think, and, and, and like, really punctuate a moment.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. There are going to be a lot of classic songs that, that get played over the course of the show. So, um,
0: yeah. So music is good, and yep. we like music, I believe. True. Yep. Very good. All so right. we're going to play the game, and the players realize, uh, both both players of the death match, that their best bet is just tell everyone, look, I'm going to throw rock every time, so why don't you please throw scissors so that I can beat you? Which is fine. Um, again, like the it's better than the version of this game where you're legit playing rock paper scissors for the you know against everybody trying to win against each other where your biggest winning streak is going to be like three. Um, so that's pretty strong. I will say there's a strategy to use um, if you're the player in the death match if there's someone who you think is uh, is going to screw you over. And that strategy is to throw the thing that uh, would uh, lose to your thing. So if you say you're going yeah, to do so
1: to rock, rock. rock, that
0: means you that you they're going to play paper. Pay, they might throw paper. So you want to throw scissors, scissors because one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to throw paper to try to beat you, and you'll get them because you'll be throwing the scissors. Or they'll throw scissors to try to lose to you, and you'll have scissors also, so you'll just tie, and then the next time you can trust them and you can beat them um, as previously planned.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I think that absolutely makes sense sort of in future iterations of this game. For this one, it, it looked like there was no real sense of who was on your side and who wasn't. Pretty much everyone said they were with you.
0: Well, no one wanted to make waves in the first episode, and it, it exactly. seemed pretty simple. Look, Jinho's Jin like, well, my position's not important, which you know, if you, most, most ways you can imagine this game playing out it wouldn't be because the most he can do is affect someone's streak by one. As opposed to like the person who who goes uh, uh, what sixth of eleven, uh, because that person if, if they beat you, they cut you off so that your biggest streak could only be five. Uh, Jinho, his full ability is to cut it off so that your biggest streak can be ten instead of eleven. So it yeah. seems like maybe it's not a strong position. But the other players say, "Hey, Jinho's last. Let Jinho pick who wins. We'll all lose to everybody. They'll both have ten wins going to Jinho, and then this can be Jinho's problem."
1: Yeah, you see, Guro is really the Godfather here. Like Guro decides, they they were targeting Jinho from the beginning. Now they can't get him out. They might as well at least, put uh, the mark on make, yeah, make him stick his neck out. Yep. Make everyone see Jinho as you know one of the big threats. Make him very visible and really put him on the spot.
0: Yep. So they do, and Jinho decides to side with Minseo, who gave him the Garnet that he doesn't yet realize is his. Yep.
1: Jin Jinho, good luck. You got two Garnets now. Ah, uh, no, you don't.
0: You have one Garnet. So we've already talked about the Garnet Heist. Do you have any closing thoughts on Jin Suk? Uh,
1: no closing thoughts on Jin Suk. I, I mean, what might have been? I guess he clearly is a very smart guy. Uh, did not really have the social dynamics part of the game down. But if maybe if he had gotten a purely strategic deathmatch for the first one, he would be in much better shape.
0: I, I wish he would have won this deathmatch. I think there's more to see from him. I think uh, he's someone who's thinking about the game. Who you know, he's he's in that uh, that group with Jin Ho, the, the two of them thinking of like more novel ways to play the game. I didn't see what Minseo added, so I, I wouldn't have minded losing her. Um, I, I don't have much use for it just from a TV viewing perspective, and uh, it would have, been, would have been better. Even though Jin Sock's not great socially, I think it would have been better to see what he could have brought strategically to future games.
1: That's true. But from a being able to figure out which one is Jinho perspective, good thing that sock has gone.
0: Yeah, and I will say, um, going back to this episode, the, the Sung-Yu chang thing wasn't that big a deal, even though they look alike, because the only one who did anything was Sung-Yu. So it's pretty easy to figure out which was which in this episode. And then um, uh, with sang and Poong, um, I think that also is a little more apparent as you watch them actually interacting and yeah. went ahead on the show.
1: And Sung min got a lot of screen time for the Garnet Heist, so you, you get a chance to figure out who he is. Yeah, and I believe he's not
0: wearing glasses next week. So uh, then you want not have to yeah, worry I don't about remember.
1: That, that's true. He does have the glasses on in
0: this one that are going to disappear. So, um, all right. So we should do our power rankings uh, yeah. now. This is can I can I throw in two other things that I think are going to
1: change over the no. show? Yeah, I'm doing it. Here we go. One is that this episode is unique to me, and that so much of it is about who is going to the death match, as opposed to how the game itself plays out. Like the game itself is over pretty quickly in the grand scheme of genius episodes, and they spend a lot of time on. Uh, the machinations around how they're going to choose rock versus paper, who is going to make the decision and then who they want to have actually go to the death match itself. Like which person will get chosen. And then the other thing that stands out to me about this show, uh, pretty broadly for all of it is like, there are barely any commercial breaks. How the hell does Korean TV work? Like there's like one commercial break that I noticed in the entirety of it at the one hour mark. Is this pay TV? Like is TVM like showtime and they don't really need any commercial breaks. I do not understand how that works.
0: Uh, Are you done with Uh, your little rants? I'm done. All right. I think there were at least two because the um, the flashbacks usually lead, in, lead into commercial breaks, don't they? And I also think that um, uh Bum diddly Umptious is editing out some of the bumpers before and after Ah, uh, that might be it. Okay. That makes sense. It's a little cleaner. Uh, I'm not sure on that, but, but yeah, there's, uh, I, I guess like I'm not even noticing it and it's probably because the bumpers are gone. Yeah. So, All right. Let's, let's do let's it. let go then. to the power rankings. Let's do it. Uh, we've got 12 people. We've got 12 spaces. And I think we were talking about this before the episode. It's hard after one episode to, like, say, like, well, like, who's better, Pung or Yunji? Like, which, you know. It's, yeah. it's, Who are those people? It's easier to, <laughs> it's easier to put them in tiers uh, with, with some people, like, clearly being either between tiers or below tiers. For example, I will go out on a limb here and say that Minseo is the worst player out of the 12 left, and I'm putting her in 12th place in my power rankings. Yeah, no argument here. So, And we, we also talked uh, very briefly. We thought that, well, you 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 had a top four, and I think it's a top three. So you want to go through who those people are and we can talk about them? Yeah. So the, the top
1: four people, and I didn't really rank them within this, but I said Gura, uh, Jimmy Cha, Teacher Cha, whatever, Sung Yu, and Kyung Ram. All four of them to me looked like they made a lot of bonds throughout the episode. Um, they show that they have some idea of what's going on here. And they really showed different skills, right? So Jimmy Chow showed that he's going to be pretty quick in terms of aptitude for figuring out an approach for the games. Maybe not the best approach, but he'll have a plan and he's able to act on it. Gura showed that he is, you know, socially dominant. Like, he's able to really work people, build great relationships, use the leverage he has. Kyung Ran does some great manipulation. And Seung Yoo does a great job, despite the fact that he is one of the most active uh, people in terms of screwing someone over in the game does a great job of maintaining good relationships with pretty much everybody.
0: Okay, so, so I actually I thought maybe you put three at the top. But really from what we saw, I think the top tier has to be just Gura and Jimmy Cha. I think that's it because you know, I'm not, I don't think Kumirang was bad, but you, you see how the, those two were able to take charge in different ways. Cha strategically with this calm leader approach and Gura by just being a bull in a china shop and having his will be done. So those are the two who I think are in the best position, especially socially um, to to lead matches and to have people afraid to take them to death, to, to pick them for death matches. Those are the guys who aren't going to let themselves be in a position to lose games. So um, for, I, I would argue those two go first, uh, Cha and Gura. And, um, you know, I, I'm okay with putting King Ran third. I, I'd have to think about putting Sung Yu there because I feel like Sung Yu was to, to some extent just like kind of a puppet. You know, like he was just – he, he knew what he was doing, and like he knew he was screwing over Monseo and he was helping this group instead of that group, and that he was being sly about it. But I, I, I just think his hand was up his ass the whole time. Yeah. I,
1: and, and I think there's something good to be said for uh, being competent enough and at least being good enough at figuring out who to talk to for information, and then being decent at, you know, coming off as a, a good guy and someone that you can work with to everybody else.
0: Would you put him ahead of someone like Sangman, who had the Garnet Heist, who had like that really great, um, like, just the instinct to, to go for that, who who put it together quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sangman does well here. It, it does feel like he's sort of just doing what Gura wants. So I, I didn't get a strong read for him one way or another. Clearly, he's got some aptitude. He's he's figuring stuff out, and he has a great confessional early on saying, like, you know, this is all about the social game. So I think he, he clearly is leaning pretty
0: heavily on his social game. Well, I can't put him above, like, Gura. Like, I can't put him at number one, but I, I think he's got to be ahead of Sungyu at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, eh. I, I I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd go quite that far yet. I think Sung did a great job of uh being active, even though he didn't really know what was going on, he does a really great job of leveraging that to his advantage and playing people throughout
0: the entire the course of the episode. All right, I'll defer to you on that. I think you feel more strongly than I do about putting mm-hmm. Sung Yu ahead, but I'm gonna put Sangman in the five spot anyway. So I've got Changura at one and two in no order, Chingran third, Sung Yu fourth, Sangman fifth, Minseo in twelfth, so we gotta fill in these uh these six spots. Uh, from 6 to 11 here. And do you have any clear way to do this? I mean, I don't know that there's... I, I, I guess, to I'd me, play, it's just
1: everybody else. Like, everybody else is somewhere in that in that
0: middle. I guess. Where do you put Jinho? Because Jinho's in kind of a weird spot here. He just had his... He, he was given half of a win. He just had his ally eliminated because he eliminated his ally. So he's now a man by himself. He's probably less threatening by himself than he is with a partner. But the things that people were scared of in him, th- that's still there. Like, he's still... He's still a, as much a threat as he was, I think, unless unless you yeah. believe was that much of a help to him.
1: No, I, I, maybe, maybe not. I he has to really struggle. He, he doesn't have great social bonds. It looks like after one episode, seems like he's a smart guy. I assume that some of the strategy was his own thinking, like you said. Um, I don't know. I, I put him pretty close to the bottom though, just because he's yeah gonna dig out of a hole.
0: So I'm going to put Jin Ho in 11th, but not because I think he's bad. I don't think we know enough yet, really. I, I think there's like a huge gap between 11 and 12. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would say Jin-ho is in, like, a better than average position because I think min is so bad that she, she really brings down the average. Sure. So, um, and then amongst the other people, like… Uh, uh,
1: Chang-yap, Jung-moon, Yoon-ji. So, I
0: so I'd put… Okay, so here's here's what I would do. I, I would take uh, Yoon-ji and u who work together, put them together. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can hear my baby crying upstairs. She's just waking up. uh. Just, that's my wife's problem right now. She knows I'm doing a pie. I'm like, honey, I got to talk about an episode of Genius I watched months ago. That's so, right.
1: We got Korean celebrity reality shows to talk about here. We
0: got the kids here. Well, it's only a few more minutes, and then I can go up and um, yep. pretend to help. Um, so I would put uh, the Chang up jung Moon pair together. Jung Moon ahead of Chang Up because she seemed to know more. I'd put Yoon Ji and Uram together because they work together. I'd put Yoonji just above Uram and then, Poong somewhere else. So I, I think of those groups – um, I feel like Pung is in a better spot socially with Guru and Sangmin, so I'll put him in sixth. I'll put Jung Moon in seventh and Chang Yap in eighth. Eighth, I'll put Yunji in ninth and Yuram in tenth. And I don't have a ton of uh, you know. Again, I, I just, it's it's kind of a mishmash, but uh, with with only one episode in. But I I feel like that's kind of how it's got to be. So Chang Gura at the top, uh Ran, Sung Sangmin, Pung. Jung Moon, Chang Yap, Yunji, Yuram, Jin Ho, and then bringing up the rear way far behind Minseo. I'm I'm good with it. Let's do okay. it. I, I mean, you know, again, whatever. Like, we just don't know enough to, like, be much more precise than that. So, um, yeah, we've got that, that blob at the top, and then we've got, like, the huge, huge middle that goes all the way down to 10th place.
1: Yeah, and now it basically just becomes a story of, for the folks at the top, can they survive at the top without coming off as too much of a threat? Uh, or will someone at the bottom sort of figure the game out and uh, figure it out as they go and get better. It's hard
0: though. Like if you, lo- if you're targeted to lose the main match, let's say, let's say you're Jin Ho and like in the next episode, you're targeted and you come in last place, the main match. Do you take a swing at the King when you can get a social game? Like you could get this exact same death match again. You, you could get the winning streak game again. And how are you going to beat that guy? who's so much more popular than you. Um, or do you, you know, like there's some safety to that. If you're seen as being really good is that the loser doesn't want to pick you for the death match because they don't want to lose to you.
1: Yeah. It, not knowing what the death matches are, and especially after seeing this as the first one, you got to think that it it makes people really worried to come at the king. Because if it's another social game, then
0: you know, in in the words of the
1: wire, you best not miss.
0: So, uh, so that's where we'll leave it. Anything else you want to add for episode one? Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. We'll put the link for episode two in the podcast notes for this, so you can click directly to get to the second episode of season one of the Genius. We'll be back talking about that soon. We're still working on a guest. Hopefully we'll have someone with us for that podcast. We're not sure. If not, you got to put up just the two of us for now. We have a bunch of guests lined up for for later in the season, um, but we did that at the expense of not having a ton of people scheduled early on. We wanted to save these spots in case someone new picked up the show so they'd only have to watch one or two or three episodes to be all caught up to be able to talk about it. And and think
1: about it this way. I figure it's the holidays right now, if you're doing this live as a recording, you're probably going to binge watch a few. So it's in your best interest to have us just record a bunch when we have the time and get them out there. And then, as the season progresses, we'll we'll get in more, a little bit more depth as we go. That's right.
0: And if there's anyone that you uh, you want to hear from, let us know. We'll we'll see what guests we can line up for you. Um, Scott's baby. Scott's baby. Episode two. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, but she she was a big Sock fan, so that's where this is coming from. Um, right now. So, you know, watch episode two. Send us your questions. I'm at who is Scott Green? Of course, Mike is at Michael Botta. M I C H A E L B O T T A and we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Fighting. Fighting. Simple. Fighting.